0: Melonzo <laughs> cracks one of the best win the ball game out of sight. <laughs> oh my Did he get another one? Oh. Gamble's on his way back. He got it. Second <laughs> one oh. Lindor again. You are now listening to the Shane Sons Podcast with your hosts Keith and Keyshawn Diaz. Wow
1: and s Podcast. It is episode two with your two favorite hosts, myself, Keith And Keyshawn. What's going on, everybody? What's up, brother? We got opening week. We got the Mets. It's episode two. The vibes are immaculate, baby. We are back. And I just want to let everybody know, we got a pouring amount of support. So many people shooting us so much love for episode one. Everyone who liked, subscribed, shared, and just took a listen, whether it was one second or the whole, you know, 50 minutes where you heard us rambling on about this team. I just want to let you know thank you. That it was really meaningful. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so
0: much continue to like, continue to subscribe, share with a friend. We really appreciate the support.
1: So thank you. Yeah, man, it goes a long way. And listen everybody, we got opening week baseball. Who else is excited? I'm 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 just excited. It's only been a few games, but I'm just looking forward to, like, what's going to happen. The Mets are back. Baseball's back. Just good vibes, man. You know, I know the new rules are in place and everyone's still getting used to it, but listen, the fact that we got our sport that we love back is is the most important thing. How do you feel about opening week, brother? I was very happy to have baseball back. I love
0: this sport. You know, it was very good to see all the teams, you know, perform, and it, it just felt
1: right yeah I, mean, I agree i mean me and you were you know reaching out to one another about you know a whole bunch of games outside of the mets you know and it was just nice to see just just baseball back in general you know shout out to everybody who got a w or who's winning their series and um yeah it's always good to you know start off on the right foot to start you know the season and um you know best of luck to everybody in their teams and mainly our team the new york mets and uh as we progressed you know, uh, into opening day, uh, uh, we were starting midday around 4 o'clock. Uh, we were patiently waiting for his pitch. And um, myself and many others got an alert on their phone. And what was that alert, baby brother? So
0: apparently Justin Verlander will be starting the season on the IL with a terrorist muscle strain. Now, that's apparently an injury in your armpit, which I didn't know could
1: actually happen. Yeah, I mean... I think I don't know if I speak for many Met fans, but I don't think many people knew that there was a muscle in the body called Terrace. It it was quite surprising to see because we were all expecting, you know, everybody. We knew the injuries that we had prior. We didn't expect Justin Verlander to be, you know, one of the main guys who would be missing the start of the season. It's unfortunate. Remember, Justin Verlander is one of the older statements of the club. And, uh, you know, with a guy like that, you got to be very delicate with. You cannot play any games with a guy of that age, uh, especially a pitcher. And I believe, is this injury on his throwing side? Yes, it is on his throwing side. Uh, Okay. Well, hey, listen, you know, it sucks. But, you know, you got to, I guess, you, next man up mentality. You know what I'm saying? Um, Did you take a look in the research of uh, all the other pitchers with this injury, right? Yeah. So, apparently,
0: currently, actually... Uh, Tristan McKenzie of the Guardians is actually going through this injury, and he'll be out for the next eight to nine weeks. And in the past, you know, this injury has ranged in duration between 10 to even as much as three months in terms of, you know, being out. I know guys like Corey Kluber have had it, guys like, you know, Mike Clevenger as well. So this injury really has, you know, no real timetable. But uh, Verlander said he'll be back soon, and, you know, the Mets continue to say
1: that he'll be back within you know the ten day range. Yeah, uh, uh, Mets tell you if the Mets tell you the sky's blue, bet that is red because unfortunately the Mets are really good at PR and um, you tend to worry anytime any pitcher or any any player actually is getting an MRI for this team and we're so scarred with you know the guys in the past you know Degrom and you know being as the prime example getting an MRI you know way back when David Wright was dealing with his stuff you know you worry and uh, this is a pitcher who's up in age. He did come off a Cy Young season, but that Cy Young season wasn't in New York. New York. So it is what it is. But on the positive note, um, that day uh, progressed and Mets baseball began. We started out the season in Miami to start off a four-game set against the Marlins. Um, every Mets fan knows the Marlins are a pesky team. No one's going to you know take them for granted. We are a better team. But they are an improving team. We cannot sleep on this team. We have to take them serious every time we play them, whether it's in New York or whether it's in Miami. So, I mean, everyone has memories of, you know, Tom Glavin barely getting out of the first inning way back in the day against, you know, Miguel Cabrera and whatnot. So I know that's a totally different regime, totally different roster, but, you know, it's still there. So... With that being said, we started out the season game one, Max Scherzer versus the reigning NL Cy Young award winner, Sandy Alcantara, and the Mets grabbed the victory 5-3. There was a few standout performances, uh, but I'll give you a kind of background of what I thought the game was. I thought it was a pretty good pitching performance by both guys. I thought it's early. You know, guys aren't in rhythm. Um, It wasn't the most glamorous game to watch if you're, you know, a neutral, but being that we got the win to start off the year with a W, the Mets are like 40 and like two on opening day. So it was really nice to see just the general thought of, you know, the Mets, you know, winning a baseball game. We've waited so long for the seasons to start. What do you think about that, brother?
0: Yeah, I thought the game was very well played by both pitching staffs. Uh, I know that uh, Scherzer ran into some trouble. I know that he gave up the home run, but overall, he he was cruising for the most part. Um, you know, you looking at the lineup. I know that Nimmo had a really good game. For the Marlins, Luis Arias is here. He is going to be a Met killer, so get ready. Um, The guys left two, uh, you know, we were two for ten in terms of runners on base. Um, Runners in scoring uh, position. Runners in in scoring scoring position, position. yeah. Yeah. Runners in scoring position, so that's something to look to. Um, But overall, it was was a very well-played game. This offense seems the exact same as last year, and the bullpen does seem
1: mildly improved. The bullpen we'll get into the bullpen as we progress with this series. But I thought Max pitched very well. He, uh, he didn't throw, he pitched very well. And I felt like, you know, with a lot of pitchers out there, they tend to throw rather than pitch. And we know he's the veteran. We know the standard of pitching that he provides any ball club. So I thought he pitched very well, uh, but he did get a little bit tired. I thought, I believe it was around that fifth, sixth inning mark. I believe it was the sixth inning. He, you know, he walked a guy usually when, when Max walks a guy, the next at bat, hold your breath. It's something, excuse me, something I relatively noticed with him towards the end of last season in the second half. I just think, you know, the core is oblique, I believe he had. I I know it affected him a lot last year. So I think for a pitcher of his age, for someone to get, you know, in true rhythm, you have to like really, really, you know, you have to pitch into rhythm. You could do all these workouts and and get your, you know, your timing and everything together, but until it's like game speed, you know, and especially like with the weather and stuff like that, you know, I, I think for a pitcher, they need to really be in a, a a stage of comfort rather than to just, you know, a patiently await opening day in the season. So I think max is going to be good. I think max, you know, if he stays injury free, I think we can ride him as a horse. Um, the bullpen drew Smith, drew Smith gave off a leadoff double and Omar Navai is and him, Had a moment, and after that, Drew Smith lights out. I was very happy to see Drew Smith. He has a lot of naysayers out there, so I'm very happy for him. Uh, Brooks Raley, David Robinson came in to finish off the Marlins for game number one, and uh, one of our standout performers you mentioned earlier was Brandon Nimmo. Um, I know me and you have mentioned in the past, especially in episode one, we weren't the biggest fans of Brandon Nimmo. But if Brandon Nemo can provide you this sort of offensive production, I think me and you will have you know our foot in our mouths.
0: Oh, 100 percent. You know, that, that first game, he definitely was walking with a pep in his step. Like there was a lot of confidence from him. Um, you know, when he was getting the hits, I saw a lot of emotion. So this looks like a, a, a not a new Brandon Nemo, but certainly one that's definitely exuding a lot of confidence.
1: It's nice to see that from a center fielder, let alone you know a Met outfielder, but a center fielder because you you look so far back in time, you know, for the Mets to have a really good center fielder, we're probably talking about Beltran days. I mean, so you know, Brandon has a lot to prove out there. Brandon was paid heavily. Brandon has to live up to that money. So I'm very excited that Brandon got off the nod really well. I believe Jeff McNeil had a big hit that day as well. Yeah, he had a RBI single, I believe, or a double, and yeah yeah he did it. he went uh 2 for 4 i think yeah jeff jeff mcneil doing jeff mcneil thing so you know the lineup has been you know constantly scrutinized and we understand that but you know not every day everybody's going to you know perform well you may or may not see a performance like McNeil's and Nimmo's all the time but you may have one guy carrying the load or you may have four guys carrying the load so that's baseball you know you got to stick with it you have to be patient and you have to you know take it for what it is and with that being said we started out the season one and oh the Mets win five to three moving on game number two and this was a very different game I just want to give you guys a heads up if you didn't catch this game this was um Kind of night and day compared to game number one, it was David Peterson versus Jesus Lazardo, and you know we love David Peterson, big fan of his um it's about time that he gets his spot in the rotation uh and a lot of people can say the same for Jesus Lazardo in miami uh once a big time prospect you know trying to find his feet down there in miami and um he 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 did not only did he show us that talent he 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 put on a show he put on a show. He was hitting 99, bro. He was hitting nine. I I, I, didn't, I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, and also couple that with the fact that the Mets just cannot hit lefty pitching. I mean, he looked like a superstar out there. <laughs> I don't think we've hit lefty pitching in a long time, brother. It's been a while, man. I mean, it's unfortunate. But with that being said, yeah, the Mets fought very valiantly in this game. Uh, whether you want to look at the offense or not, I think when I say they fought, you know, the way they fought was really David Peterson and the defense. I mean, we saw some beautiful displays of defense, especially by Lindor and a lot of guys getting in it. Uh, That even goes for the Marlins. I feel like the series, you know, if you guys be paying close attention, the Marlins are playing outstanding defense. And um, it's kind of nice to see without the shift, you know, you get to see guys really show off their talents. And um, it's been, it's been a beautiful, beautiful way to start the season. I think, I think uh, you get a good shortstop like Lindor making those plays that he's making. It's it's gonna always save you a few runs. There was a moment that he made a, a just an amazing double play, saving David Peterson. And speaking of, he battled man.
0: Yeah, David Peterson definitely battled. His slider was working. He was moving the fastball in and out of the uh of the plate. Um, you know, you look up and down the lineup though, you know, guys that didn't really hit, you know, just Marte, he went two for four. I know that he left a runner on base. But I think that game one and game two perfectly summarize what this team will look like this season, much like last season. They can't hit lefties. They're going to hit, you know, a bloop and a blast here and there. And they're going to lose games because they can't hit lefties. And, you know, they'll they'll be shut down a few days more than not. So,
1: yeah, it's it's not encouraging. It's something that we have to fix. We have plenty of righties, but. It's just something about the angle and the view of a left-handed pitcher. It just, it just throws us a complete, like, utter curveball. I, you know not, No pun intended. But uh, Tommy Hunter got in there. Uh, Curtis got in there. Uh, Hunter's done pretty well for the Mets. Uh, Curtis, unfortunately, gave up a sick home run to Jazz Chisholm. I mean, Jazz Chisholm has a lightning in those hands and those wrists. I mean, it, to put that out, I just, you know how many bats break on that sort of pitch? It's just insane what he has to talent.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jazz, jazz is, jazz is him. Jazz can play, man. Um, you know, one thing I want to note was Alonzo's struggles in this game. He left four runners on base. However, he did hit that big home run. Unfortunately, we couldn't, we all, you know, capitalize did, off of that. Didn't,
1: didn't we all expect him to hit a home run when it didn't matter? When there's no man on base. I mean, not to say it didn't matter, but there was like no one on base. Oh yeah, hundred
0: percent. He had, I, I believe, like two innings before that. He had the the bases loaded, mm-hmm. and he couldn't, you know, he couldn't yeah. get a run in. So. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, last year he was the RBI leader. This year's off to a little bit of a slow start. It'll happen.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it, it's very metsy, I guess. I hate to use that phrase, but, you know, it comes with it. Yeah, It's just, you know, not a lot of guys got on base. That's kind of another thing. That's sort of the Mets mantra, getting on base and stretching the lineup. You know, it's, it was just a bad day, just a bad day. Uh yeah, you it, it was a it was a unique start too because we saw Mark Hanna moved around in the lineup. They moved him to fifth. They had McNeil behind him after McNeil had a really good first game. So, I guess Buck, you know, hashtag Buckonomics. You know, you guys know how I feel about that. So, moving on, game number three. I think you know we're all kind of doom and gloom. Everybody's out there like, oh my god, this team can't hit. What is going on? The offense. Blah 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 blah. Well, I think they heard us. I think they heard. I think they went on Twitter, they went on Instagram, they went on TikTok. The whole team heard us. And not only did they hit, they came out, they came out a whole different team. And the Mets faced uh I you I, I don't know if he was one of their more popular prospects, but yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. His name is eluding me right now. The oh, Lord, I I completely forgot. That's too. embarrassing, yeah. by the way. But, you know, <laughs> We had Tyler McGill up there. That's all I know. And um, oh man, McGill, I have like a love hate thing with him, bro. I, I I think I think the worst of him, but then he does what he did in Game Three, and it, it's very night and day. It, it's unfortunate that I have that feeling towards him. No, hundred percent.
0: But I I feel very similar to him as I do with Peterson, even though I'm a little bit more high on Peterson. Um, McGill and Peterson, when they're able to fight back, you know, after giving up a hit and giving up a, a run here and there, when they're able to fight back, that's when we see the best of them, because I know that both of those you know guys tend to get in their heads at times, and you know, you know, a flood begins, like the, <laughs> the runs start coming in, the hits start coming in. but I know that Peterson gave up, uh, I think it was eight hits. So for those two guys to come back. The way that they did, you know, it was very,
1: very uh, impressive, to say the least. You know, this this rotation needs those guys. These are two pitchers that we didn't expect that we would rely on so heavily. And, you know, we need them. You know, this is like typical Mets. You know, our main guy's out and we need next man up mentality and, I'll be honest, next man up mentality kind of like tires you mentally. So, you know. Oh, by the way, the pitcher's name is Edward Cabrera. You know, guys, by the way, we're still rookies at this. <laughs> so uh Tyler McGill and Edward Cabrera faced off. Um, and the Mets, the Mets get a 6-2 victory. It was a lot different than game number two. We got an outstanding performance by a Met that I I I think me and this me and this player have Probably worse of a love-hate relationship than I have with Tyler McGill. Mark Canna was a triple away from the cycle. Mark freaking Canna. I need to start showing some more respect. Not only did he have, you know, a day to remember for Mark. You know, it wasn't as good as the one he had in Philly last year, but he scored three times. Let alone like being a triple away from you know having a cycle. So with that being said, shout out to Mark Canna. He 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 definitely shut me the hell up. Um, and we needed him. We needed a guy behind Alonzo to po- step up and do something and perform.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was a very good sign to see Mark Hanna hit, you know, because that's been a rarity of late. Um, one thing. Well, a couple things I want to point out. Omar Navarez actually uh, drove in two runs that same game. It's very nice to have some production out of our catcher slot. I know that Nito McCann last year, you know, they had their struggles, but it was very nice to see that very encouraging. Another thing that I would like to point out, unfortunately, Eduardo Escobar. Come on, Papa. Let's 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 wake up, man. 0 for five, 1K. He left
1: six guys on base. Like, come on, man. Yeah, he, he's swinging a toothpick, bro. Leaving six guys on base. I think he left six guys. Uh, looking at our show notes, Lindor left four guys. He's off to our soul star Two, McNeil. Excuse me, had a, f- a really good first two games, leaving four guys on base as well. I mean. It's funny. We had a really good offensive game. You, you know, we score, usually when the Mets score more than four runs, they're going to win a game, uh, because they just you know, they know how to manage the baseball game pretty well. But you know, we had a baseball game where we scored six runs, but we went four for fifteen with runners in scoring position. That, that's not ideal. You know, we this is something we need to improve on. This is like the biggest issue with the Mets hitting with men in scoring position. I'm going to repeat myself: hitting with men in scoring position. You know, it, it's not ideal. We did get two. We did we'd get a two-out RBI by, uh, to follow up your point, Omar Navarez. Getting a two-out RBI is big, you know, because that deflates the pitcher. Uh, Mark Hanna also had one because Mark Hanna decided to go Super Saiyan. But that's neither here nor there. The point is is that these guys, they have to come through in the clutch. You know, I want that number, 4 for 15, to be like more like 7 for 15, you know. and you know, I, I know it's asking for a lot. Baseball's tough. We can't kill ourselves out there because you know we're not up there. We're 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 watching from the sofa, so we have to you know take it a little bit easy on these guys. But we can improve. There's a lot of you know room for improvement for this offense.
0: Yeah, I thought that uh, overall it was just you know classic Mets. Um, you look at this offensive identity; these guys are gonna hit. They they're not gonna you know out homer you like like guys within our division. They're just gonna hit. Um, it was very encouraging to see as opposed to the day before. The runner's in scoring position, uh, get driven in. Uh, I know that Marte even came off the bench and he he provided a, a single that, that uh, double, a double RBI a double, double. Yeah, yeah RBI double that that was big as well. So it was just all impressive. Um, even the the re- relief, the relief was very good as well. You know, much like the days prior, I think the relief has been mildly
1: improved, and yeah, all great signs. I think I think that it's. It's gone under under the radar. I mean, one of our new signings, Danny Santana, gave us an inning with two strikeouts. Well, nobody expected Danny Santana to do anything for this team. I mean, but not a lot of my fans still know who he is. I mean, you had Santana. Drew Smith got in there, and he gave up a hit and a walk. You know, that's the thing. You got to be patient with Drew. You know, he has his moments. Brooks really then got in there, kind of, you know, let him off the hook a little bit. Uh, Alavino came in there two hits but boom recovered two strikeouts you got to trust the veteran and Robertson he gave up a hit rebounded got a strikeout so everybody but Robertson got a hold you know I, I think one thing in baseball when you get a hold like you're saving s- so much in the baseball game for these relief pitchers like, I I I think holds can be just as important as a save because you know We don't have a guy like Edwin anymore because of the injury. So we have to like really stretch this bullpen to the point where everyone's getting a save every inning. That's how I'm viewing the holds. You get a save every inning and you you know, you carry that momentum into your next performance, you know? If a guy kinda gives up a little bit of a hit, somebody comes in, handles it, boom, you get the hold. So I think it's very understated that you, you know, the the bullpen did, you know, well. I think they did outstanding. They they Been pretty outstanding throughout this series against Miami. And you did mention Marte. It was a rest day for Marte. So I want to point out that Buck did indicate that he doesn't want four guys. Well, he doesn't want guys playing four games straight. Well, certain guys, I guess, injury-prone guys playing four games straight, you know, on this turf that they have in Miami. So he gave Marte the day off. And I was okay with that. I know a lot of Mets fans weren't. What what was your take on that? No, I'm perfectly fine with that, especially to start the season. I know that guys
0: are not you know, in full, you know, ready mode when it comes to these games, not just yet. So it's good to to give them a break every once in a while, especially, you
1: know, to start. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's, it's barely April. We got to kind of like, you just understand that there's 160 of these things. And we have to like, you know, we have to get there at the end. Last year, I think a lot of guys got there like, in, in pieces, and you know, we we heard about the stuff after the season, like Lindor, he had a whole appendix uh, appendix thing going on, and you know, we had Marte two groin sh- like uh, tears, like that's crazy, man. You know, so we need, you know I know Pete last year was totally exhausted. He pretty much played almost every game he could. So, you know, I, when it comes to resting and guiding guys through, I'm okay with that one. When it comes to Buck, I'm, I'm much more, you know, understanding. Um, this was a four game set guys. And as we record the fourth game's going on, Kodai Senga got on the bump against Trevor Rogers. And to be quite honest with you, we can give you a little bit of an early recap. He didn't start off so great, but he rebounded pretty well. So next week we're going to go over a few starts for Kodai Senga. Um, it's very, very important that this guy comes good for the Mets. This is one pitcher that we have to really, 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 you know, bank on because, you know, we, we understand the things with Scherzer. We, we hoping, uh, Verlander gets back into things, but Kodai Senga, we spent the money, and he has to come good. So we're gonna talk on him on our you know our following episode because he's gonna have a few starts in the book. So we'll give you a true uh, Shane Son's analyst uh, analysis, excuse me, on our new pitcher and you know the whole ghost fork pitch and all that stuff like that. Yeah, so
0: Kodai, you know, I, I think that he's a very big investment to this team. Much to your point. So if he could just you know. He doesn't always have to be rock steady, but if he can, you know, uh, put together good starts, quality starts, you know, give it to the bullpen early rather than late. Or sometimes late, it's fine, too.
1: If he could just, you know, be consistent, that's all we're asking for. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to tire him, tire him out. He's, he's new to this league. You know, the bullpen, in my opinion right now, has been, you know, stellar. So if we can make sure we can limit his walk so we don't have to, like, you know— you know, get into too early we're getting there you know at an adequate inning you know and, and we can get to the end of the game and get up a few runs I'm a big component of that hopefully the mets pull out this this game so we could get three out of four and with that being said three out of four will you know send us to my to Milwaukee woof we're heading to Milwaukee everybody we're going to head to Milwaukee for another set and then we come home for city field if i'm not mistaken we don't really play Milwaukee ever this early so it's interesting that we're heading out there um, there were some good moments last year in Milwaukee. I believe we clinched our playoff spot in Milwaukee last year. So it'll be nice to kind of get back to the place where we kind of saw some, some of our fruits of our labor kind of, you know, displayed. And, um, yeah, we, it looks like for right now, we're going to be facing against Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, and then we'll face their ace Corbin Burns in the third game. So, uh, the, the Brewers more or less, we kind of expect them to play a little bit similar to the Mets uh, their offense isn't the most glamorous offense I they're not there's not a lot of big boppers Rowdy telez is there you know he's probably their most biggest threat in terms of the long ball uh you know we, we we probably we probably can pitch around a guy like that make sure he doesn't do too much damage they have a really good shortstop Willie Adamas He's a pretty good player, and um, the Mets will be facing one of their former enemies, <laughs> who was once in Cincinnati and then moved to Seattle and is now in Milwaukee. The famous outfielder by the name of? It's, uh, wouldn't it be? Oh, I got you there, huh? Yeah, you I, got got you, you got I got you, I got you, did. I know
0: his face, but you definitely... Jesse did. Winker. Jesse people. Winker. Jesse Winker. I remember I caught Jesse, you with that one. Yeah, huh? you definitely did, but <laughs> I remember Jesse Winker because we were actually at a Cincinnati Reds game against uh, the Mets, and I remember Jesse Winker. I vividly remember this. He was just giving it to the crowd as we were losing that game. Like, absolutely, like, just berating the crowd. Like, the crowd was into it. We were obviously losing, but he was giving it to us. So,
1: um. Yeah, I don't like that guy. <laughs> I like him. I like. I like the energy he brings. I like oh, how he yeah. gets involved with the fans. Um, for the traveling Mets fans out there, I hope you guys give it to him because he's gonna give it right back. He's one of those kind of guys. Um. So with that being said, I, we'll, we'll kind of just go over some of the guys. You know, numbers against some of the pitches we're gonna face. Usually the the main two horses, Cor- Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And uh, they also have a really good third pitcher and Eric Lauer, kind of their main guys. Uh, Peralta's pretty good, but I know last year he was a little injured. The Mets have done pretty well against a guy like Wade Miley, who's probably their, you know, I don't know not to be too rude, but he's their worst pitcher. Let's just call it a spade a spade. But uh, we're getting off against three righties, so we don't have to worry about left-handed pitching. What do you think about that? Thank God. <laughs> yeah, left-handed pitching is kind of... Uh, our Achilles yeah, We try to avoid that as much as possible. So, uh, as I see here, Freddie Peralta, we got a few guys who's done, you know, pretty good history. Lindor, uh, he's got a few at bats, uh, Escobar. I mean, this is also Esc- Escobar's former team. Escobar hasn't really done well against Freddie Peralta, but a lot of guys have seen him before. So that's a big deal. I know Marte's done probably the best more or less. And, you know, that's not saying much two for seven with two RBIs, but a triple. So, uh, it's 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 you know apples oranges i guess we're, we're grading very little uh you know very little examples here of what our guys have faced but against wade miley we got a few guys in there with 22 at bats 13 at bats uh 10 at bats for Vogelback. Uh, Marte so Marte has 22 at bats with nine hits lindor five hits out of 13 at bats vogel 10 at bats but one hit so that's not too encouraging but he's seen wade miley enough and mark Hanna, four for 16 um, and let's go up to Corbin Burns, who's probably gonna be the biggest test of the series. Uh, we've done pretty well against Corbin Burns, if, you know. I, from what I'm looking at, we got, you know, let's see, here, Lindor three for fifteen. I mean, that's not great. Three for fifteen, but we got Lonzo four for twelve, McNeil four for twelve. That means a lot of guys have seen him before. This guy's Cy Young stuff, so. I don't know, baby brother. What do you think? Kind of give me your, your overall thoughts about these three pitchers and uh, what, where our offense is going to kind of like lead us to in this series. So I think
0: when facing a guy like Corbin Burns, you got to make him work. His off-speed stuff is is definitely above average, but it's nothing to be afraid of. I'm not really a, the highest Corbin Burns guy personally. I might receive some hate for that, but I don't care. <laughs> That's cool. Um, There's actually some Mets fans who want him. Yeah. I'll take him. God bless. I'll take him. You know, given our given our current staff, I'll take him as you know the the third guy. He'll he'll be another Cy Young pitcher to add. But uh, you look at the other guys, Freddie Peralta, and uh, what was it, Eric Lauer? No. Well, he's the third one. We're probably going to be facing Wade Miley. Wade Wade Miley. Yeah, Wade Miley is basura. (laughs) I am not afraid to face Wade Miley. Freddie Peralta has some impressive stuff. So that could be something to watch. But I'm very happy that we're facing, you know, two righties, as mentioned before. Three righties, brother. Three righties. Three, three righties. righties, yeah. Three righties, so,
1: yeah. I mean, it, it, it bodes well. It, it's something you know, we, we can't keep ignoring the fact that we can't hit left-handed pitching. We have to, at some point, understand that, like, this team needs to, at some point, become more of a competent offense against left-handed pitching. So it's not going to be the most ideal situation when we face one of the more elite lefties in baseball, but we have to kind of like, you know, kind of like at some point get to it because, you know, this offense needs to show up. And um, you know, unfortunately that that responsibility falls on guys like Tommy Pham, you know, being the right-handed DH. You know, we need him. Yeah, you now he's not a fan favorite, but we need guys like that. So, with that being said, um hopefully it's a it is a series win heading into City Field. The Brewers you know, look, the Brewers are the Brewers. I know there's a lot of like, you know, off season rumors upcoming that if, you know, in the event, you know, Billy Epler is relieved of his duties and we have to bring in another guy. I believe the Brewers GM is gonna be the guy that, you know, a lot of Met fans are rumored to probably, you know, have on board. I'm not sure how that works out. I don't wanna speculate. I don't wanna throw anybody's name out there or anything like that. But, you know, maybe this is uh something that would happen or would not happen. Maybe there's some bad blood between the two clubs that we don't know about. You know, who who knows what's going to happen with, you know, the off season to come. But I think for a team like the Brewers, the way they're constructed with their salary and probably some of their, you know, restrictions as an organization, someone who has probably put that team together would be a good fit for the Mets. What do you think? Yeah, so
0: you look at the team, in the Brewers, and you look at their identity, it's kind of sort of similar to the Mets in that they are not going to out-homer you. They're not going to, you know, just exude so much power that you can't handle it at, you know, pitching. Um, they're going to gather base hits, bloops, errors, any extra out you give them, they'll capitalize, much like the Mets. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's very similar to how the Mets are built, but. I think the talent of the Mets is so much higher given that, you know, we have the money to
1: spend. I think that's the appealing factor for a lot of front office uh, officials and a lot of players for that matter. Who You know, a lot of these guys may touch free agency and probably had a good relationship with the GM um, and they might want to come to New York. Who knows? You know, but that's, that's a whole – that's like living in La La Land right now. You know, we're, we're – unfortunately, our GM right now is Billy Epler, not the biggest fan. So, you know – He's a lemon. We all know. It is what it is. I uh, can't can can't can't say anything different than that. But listen, let's go Mets at the end of the day. Let's get these, you know, these series under our belt. We need to win games. I think Milwaukee is a very winnable series, even if it is it is in Milwaukee. And um the Mets just have to just, you know, do their thing. Uh the bullpen, if let long may it continue, the the run that they're in. And I know it just started. But um, it's a big plus to have them, you know, support our starting pitching like that. Something that
0: I want to bring up uh, very briefly, the lineup being switched day to day. I am not against it. I think that, you know, to start a season, I think that we should, you know, work out different combinations within the lineup. Lefty righty, righty lefty, you know, having, uh, you know, McNeil behind Alonzo. Definitely, you know, the proof is in the pudding in terms of how much, you know, we score when that happens, how good we are when that happens. So I think that to start it's it's fine in terms of, you know, going up and down the lineup and shuffling. But we know this team. We know their tendencies. We know what works for us. In terms of Buck continuously doing that, it's a little worrisome, but I'm fine with it as long as it does not continue past April.
1: Yeah. I mean it might knowing this manager, this might go into September. So don't put anything past Buck Showalter. I, I I let everybody know. Listen, Buck Showalter wants to make wine with water. Okay? So just, you know, this guy wants to be the smartest guy in the room. I get it. He wants to win a ring. I hope he does, especially with us. Buck's going to buck. You know what I'm saying? I call it Buckonomics for a reason. And, you know, you, you, you live and die with a guy like that, but you also got to take the good and the bad with a guy like that. So it is what it is. Um, you know, Buck's going to... Buck's going to lead us to the promised land or we're going to fall flat on our face like we did last year. So we have to just take it for what it is. You know, we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? The lineup going left to right, it's not a big deal for me, honestly. As long as, you know, our main guys are batting where they need to bat. Speaking of what happened yesterday and and throughout, um, the
0: kids, the kids in AAA, uh, Mauricio, Brett Beatty had a humongous day on Saturday I know that Alvarez had a home run. Um, you know, Vientos got a hit and the uh, runners in scoring position. The kids are hitting, and it's it's a very encouraging sign. I know that we wanted them up, some of them up, you know, earlier than usual, but for them to be hitting now is
1: a very, very good sign. It wasn't Beatty one of ba- Beatty, one of his two home runs a grand slam, right? Yes, it was a grand Ooh. slam. I mean, hey, look, if Escobar continues with this two pick, you got to bring this kid up. You have to. This is, this is, you know, my dad has mentioned to us, you know, shout out our dad. You know, maybe one of the reasons why Brett Beatty is not up is because he's not the greatest, you know, hitter against lefty pitching, which is a theme for this team. We should just call this the, you know, not hitting left-handed pitching episode because, you know, it sounds like we're repeating ourselves, but this is something Brett Beatty is also working on. So you call up a guy and you don't play him. You know, you could ruin his confidence, but when you do play him and we may face maybe one or two lefties a week, you know, and he has a 0 for four kind of game. You could kill a conf you know, kill the kids' confidence. I personally would not mind him going up against, you know, MLB, you know, left handed pitching because I think that's the only way you could get better at it. You know, I mean guys in the farm, you know, like they're in the farm for a reason. So with that being said, shout out to the kids. We also have a name for them. What is the name? Yeah, I uh, we uh, coined them the baby Amazons. I love that. That is so, and by the way, my brother came up with that. That is an amazing. Name. The baby Amazons. SMY, cut the check. If uh, <laughs> if you guys are gonna use that, cut the check. Yo, Steve Cohen, where you at, homie? <laughs> the baby Amazons. That's a night. You know, we're gonna work on that. We may have something in the works, you know, with our graphics and everything like that. So shout out the baby Amazons um look it hey, it was opening week it wasn't just opening week for the New York Mets. it was opening week for baseball and um listen this is a baseball podcast we, we you know team we're gonna we're gonna have guests on from you know rival teams and we're gonna get you know an analysis from everybody from all the teams and um it was just nice to see baseball back um what were your takes from opening week bro the Philly stink that was my main take. <laughs> I love that. That's actually my favorite point. We don't even need to go any further. The Phillies think, what was it, 27 runs in two games? Yeah,
0: something like that. I know that they bombed Jacob deGrom, which, <laughs> which you know, no matter how you feel about Jacob deGrom, the fact that, you know, it actually happened and, and the the Rangers ended up beating them was a good sign. But, uh, yeah, they they looked horrendous. And that
1: bullpen, basuda. It stinks. It's smelly. Ooh, frauds. A lot of fraudulent behavior in that bullpen, man. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, you got uh Gregory Soto, who everybody oh, Gregory Soto. yeah, he got destroyed. Please give me a break. Right now I'll take Danny Santana over Gregory Soto. Take that to the bank. Shout out to all the Philly fans out there. I hope you're listening. <laughs> um Atlanta freaking bombing the triple A team. So that's that hit it. That doesn't really help us. Uh and yeah, we're we're dealing with the Marlins. So that pretty much covers, you know, L East more or less. Yeah, something that I wanted to point out.
0: Um, I think that uh, Shohei had one of those crazy stats where he did something amazing, and then, like always, the Angels
1: ended up losing the game two to one. Sounds like Jacob on the Mets. Sounds like typical Jacob Degrom oh, yeah. on the oh, Mets.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, first of all, you're losing to Oakland. Good lord. God bless you. You can't win a baseball game in Oakland. Oof. You can't blame the, the the conditions of the stadium if you can't win a game in Oakland. Good lord! And then on top of that, you ruined one of your, the the best players in baseball's performance. Come on, give me a break. So the Angels think They're gonna keep stinking. All right, anybody who thinks they're gonna be anything special, good luck. God bless you. Go, you know, go have a go have a coffee because you know you're gonna need one because that team smells. Okay, shout out, you know Shohei Otani. You know this this podcast loves. Shohei Otani. So, you know, we're going to manifest him in Queens as long as it takes. Who knows if it happens? You know, we don't know. But praying to God, um, Did get to, to catch our, you know, our in-town rivals. They kind of got the W against, you know, Michael Conforto and the, you know, the the, the Giants and the Arson big, Judge. Bad,
0: the big bad Giants. Yeah,
1: Arson Judge pulled up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, first swing, bang, home run. Good Lord. How, how, how good is Aaron Judge, bro?
0: Oh, he's amazing. And the fact that That fan base booed them in the playoffs. It's very New York of us. (laughs) But the fact that they did it, come on, guys.
1: Listen, we were in the... We were in a playoff game last year, and we saw a fan throwing uh, Scherzer's jersey onto the field. At, At least I was one of those people. <laughs> At least, um, you know, we didn't see any Judge jerseys flying to the to the, to the stand. But it is what it is. Uh, I guess shout out Aaron Judge. Uh, the Yankees could go kick rocks while I care. But it is what it is. I like Judge, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the, the, the Orioles look pretty good. Adley Rushman going like four for five or five for six, something he like went that. Five for five. Whew. That guy, that kid. Let me tell you something. That's a catcher, bro. Oh man, that kid. That's on program, bro. Oof. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, JT Romuto, he's coming for your
1: chain. He's coming for your throne. Snatching that chain, boy. Woo! All right, all right, all right. Listen, um, that pretty much wraps up everything else in Major League Baseball. I think uh, it was just nice that you know I I did catch a little bit of the Dodger game. I mean, the Dodgers like they're gonna they're gonna. They're going to do the thing. They're going to find a way to win games. But, you know, with with catching the Dodgers, I was kind of switching between the Dodgers and the the billion-dollar Padres. Shout out the Padres. I don't think they scored a run yet, even as we record this episode.
0: Yeah, shout out to that fraudulent organization. You know what I mean? Like, all that money that was spent. It's, it's not going to come to fruition. Soto's gone. He's coming to Queens. It doesn't matter. That We, we could just summarize them like that.
1: I think unfortunate not unfortunate excuse me i think i think it's aforementioned that this team deserves a a, a a rude failure like i really especially how they knocked us out i think i'm wishing for their downfall a lot more than i usually never have before in the past me and uh keith are both big haters
0: big haters so when it comes to the padres <laughs> we are not fans of them
1: yeah man listen um uh Trent Grisham, yeah, he he should be working at a at a Best Buy for all I care. I don't I don't know about playing the outfield. So <laughs> shout out Trent Grisham, you bum. Yeah, he did what he did. I haven't gotten over that crap. So yeah, you so Darvish, eh, good lord. It's funny how we can't hit you Darvish, but Kyle Schwarber like literally gave birth to him. It's insane. So it is what it is. um You know, f the Padres. You know, I don't want to drop an f bomb, but f the Padres. It is what it is. But um. It doesn't matter because all we care about is the New York Mets. And um, before we wrap up, we we came up with a nice little uh, little mantra for the end of every episode. We want to kind of give you guys kind of like a little bit of an, in, an inclusion to the episode. So, you know, everybody has like their player of the week, you know, and, you know, everybody has like, I guess, their dweeb of the week and whatnot. So we the Shea and Sons podcast kind of came up with something. So bear with us. Um, we If we disagree or we agree with one another, I guess the players will pick for these categories. will stick and, you know, we'll, we'll throw it up on our Twitter and our handles and everything. And you guys can kind of debate it for what it is. But um if you guys disagree with us, please, you know, you'll comment on the episode or retweet it or, you know, put it in, you know, the, the Spotify comments and stuff like that. We want you, we kind of want you guys to have a say. And um, but that being said, we're going to introduce it to you. Our version of player of the week is going to be called the Amazing of the Week. So it's pretty much the outstanding player performance of the week. And for, I guess, like, bad player or dweeb of the week, we're going to call him the Bozo of the Week. We don't care if we're harsh or not. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to let everybody know this guy stinks. He's smelly, you know. We're not big fans of this guy. So um, who is your Amazing of the Week, baby brother? My Amazing of the Week is uh, Starla Marte. I think I agree. Starling Marte started off the season red hot, I believe, in two games, four hits. And, I, I, you know, he did get the pinch hit in the game where he had the the off day. So it was like five hits and like ten at-bats. Guy's guys, insane, bro. God, he's stealing bases, especially after the injury. I mean, Starling Marte, I mean, how could you not like this guy? This guy's swagged out. This guy's got honeys in the sweet. You know, this guy, this is, this is a swagged out boy. You know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah, I love Marte. I think he's uh, a key to this team definitely
1: we saw it last year um that's that's my man you already know yeah man look hey i wish he wasn't 32 or 33 whatever it is i wish he was like 27 because easily be our best player hands out in my, my honest opinion so we agree on that one um our bozo of the week we may agree on this one too there's a, quite a few candidates because our offense has been uh kind of slow so who's your bozo of the week Bozo of the week belongs to
0: Eduardo Escobar. You are the bozo. You are the clown. You are the bum <laughs> right, right. of this week. You are the bozo of this week. You went one for 12, one
1: for 12 Uh, this past series. I, I don't know about today, Um, but, but it doesn't matter because he, you know, he's leaving more men on base than he's probably left in Venezuela. So, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, come on. Bro, please. At this point, like you're literally on Brett Beatty watch. Okay, Brett Beatty's in AAA and wherever they have AAA, Saskatchewan, you know, in the middle of of of, of a desert, swinging a bat against nobody's, you know, selling hamburgers for two cents and shit. Excuse my language, but it is what it is. What are you doing, bro? You know what I'm saying? Get Brett Beatty up. Get this guy out of here. All right, I'm sick of it. He could be the ninth clubhouse guy. Let him. Let him. Let him be the funny, give you a hug, rah, rah. You know, he could be the DH. He's a switch hitter. It is what it is. But he's not even hitting. He's swinging a toothpick, you know? So it is what it is. This guy's a bozo. Get him out my face, bro. Yo, this man
0: shaved his entire facial hair. What was that, bro? And then he proceeded not to hit afterwards. Is
1: is that because he's in Miami?
0: Like, does he want to show off his new teeth? I, I think he got new teeth. Maybe you got new honeys. I don't know. But yeah, it's looking real bad for you, real slow for you, Eduardo Escobar. Please get it together, my boy, because you are a genuinely good person and we are
1: rooting for you. But TikTok. Yeah, uh, yeah, TikTok. The clock is ticking, Papa. The clock is ticking. So listen, we got our amazing of the week, Starling Marte, and our bozo of the week, Eduardo Escobla. That's my new name for him, Escobla. <laughs> hey, listen, guys. Please don't forget, like, subscribe, share the Shay and Sons podcast. Don't forget, we're going to be on YouTube. We're getting that together for you guys. You're going to see our ugly mugs. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be doing the cool podcast thing with everybody else. And, you know, we're doing our best to get it all together. So bear with us. But um, let's go Mets, bro.
0: Yeah, let's go Mets. We'll definitely be out there for opening day. So if you see us, pull up, save us up. You know, we might have you on camera. And yeah, let's go Mets, baby. I did
1: not expect you to reveal that secret, but thank you because just FYI, the Shay and Sons podcast is in the building this Thursday. So if you want to be, you know, on camera, we're going to, we're going to interview everybody we can. Anybody who wants to show their, you know, their beautiful pearly whites, you know what I'm saying? Come rep us with, you know, at, at City Field and we'll be there. You know, hopefully it's a W and it's good vibes. You know what I'm saying? So the Shade and Sons Podcast will be in the building. Shout out to every single Met fan. And, you know, with that being said, bro, that's, that's a wrap for episode too. That's two in the books, brother. Two in the books, baby. Put it in the books. Thanks for sharing the Shade and Sons Podcast. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms.
0: And stay tuned for the next episode.